Hey guys, welcome back to the truth about addiction. Solo episode that I am doing partly spontaneously because it's pouring rain here in LA on this Friday, February 24th. And partly because a normie friend, and when we say normie, we mean somebody who does not identify as an alcoholic or an addict, somebody who has a normal relationship with mind altering substances, aka they can put them down whenever they want to, asked me why we celebrate annually when we get another year of sobriety. Because I had invited her to a sober birthday dinner. A little early, might I say, my sober birthday is February 28th, 2009. So this February 28th coming up, I will be 14 years sober. And I had two sober girlfriends at the dinner with me and this other friend who was a normie. And she was so curious in the best way about why we celebrate. And she made a suggestion that I come on and talk about this topic on a podcast. So here I am. (sighs) Well, I think there's a lot of things that happen when a sober anniversary is approaching. It's often considered a squirrely time for many addicts, which means that some really tough feelings can show up around anniversaries that that can include a whole gamut of feelings, shame, disappointment, anger, demoralization, grief, so many more because you're often reflecting on this time in your life 14 years ago. In my case, when I got sober, as I've shared before, I really wasn't emotionally ready to be sober. And I fought the program and I fought what real emotional sobriety looks like for many more years. When I think back to who I was 14 years ago, I was really a raging perfectionist and a raging addict whose method of operating in the world was to try desperately at all costs to stay in control of the world around me, of people, places, things, and situations. I had no peace. I had no real serenity. I definitely had no internal freedom. I had no access to real power. 
And so it's hard to think about that time, but it's unbelievably rewarding to see the progress. 14 years later, I feel like I've lived 10,000 lives <laughs> and they do describe sobriety as peeling layers of the onion back. I really get that. And I think that particularly happens when you work the steps the first time versus the fourth time versus the 10th time, you know, when you're living a spiritual life, there's no graduation day. You really just get to go deeper. And then the hope is that that allows you to become more resilient in the face of hard things that are going to come your way. And I think this year, What's particularly beautiful and devastating for me when I think of another year sober is thinking back to last year at this time. Last year at this time, I was in the throes of a friendship breakup that, by the way, I am still grieving, but has become much more manageable. I was still grieving the loss of my dad. I was working in Santa Monica, even though I was living in Thousand Oaks and I was doing physical therapy and really had no intention of not doing physical therapy. Um, definitely wanted to do some more online work. And of course, the big thing is that my sister was alive, though, of course, hanging by a thread, I now know. And then I think about what transpired in this last year of my sober life. And I'm realizing that very little, including myself, is the same. I'm hardly doing any physical therapy. I subleased my space in Santa Monica out to another business entirely, which I never thought I would do. I got my real estate license and I'm trying that on. My sister died two weeks after that birthday. And I am still grossly and deeply grieving. And I don't understand how a year has gone by. And it makes me angry that the world just marches on. And it still feels like this gaping wound, all the never agains. It feels impossible. My mom, who's lived in New York her entire life, the place she was living in was shutting down. And she said, I guess I'm coming to California. 
And she now lives two miles away from me and sees my children regularly. I'm writing a book about my life, about my love, about my loss, about my triumph, about my trauma. Nothing in my life looks the same on this sober birthday. Nothing except that I'm still sober. I was sober last February 28th, and I am sober this February 28th. And that's a fucking miracle for what happened this year. There are so many things in recovery where you imagine, could I ever stay sober if that happened? And the quick answer is usually, hell no. When my parents die, fuck no, I'm definitely going to drink over that. If a sibling dies, fuck no, I'm definitely going to drink over that. If a child dies, whatever it is, your greatest fear imagined. And here I am, still sober, a fucking miracle. Something that must be celebrated. You know, there's a thing in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it says, you have to match calamity with serenity. And the same is true for so many things. I think the bigger, the really tough feeling, the more important it is to have the equal and opposite bigness in the other feeling. So this year has been riddled with huge, gross chunks of unpredictable and unprecedented grief. Showing up whenever the fuck it wants, either in the form of Lines going through my head. Your sister is dead. Your sister is dead. Your sister is dead. Or harrowing images of her face when I viewed her body, which was not well cared for. It was a disturbing moment in my life that I'm going to have to work so fucking hard to accept and reframe. And because this year is filled with that, and it's inevitable, unless I numb out, unless I use again, I will be confronted with this grief. And so I must, I must, I must seek out joy in equal fucking measures. I have not danced as often as I have been dancing in the last year. 
It's so, so long. I started playing guitar again. I haven't played the guitar since I was a teenager. I played for two years. It got hard. I gave up, which is something I did a lot as a kid when I wasn't perfect at it. And I'm playing again. And you know, what else I'm doing when I'm playing is I'm singing. I'm singing unapologetically. And I actually have a pretty good fucking voice. And I don't care if anyone else thinks so. Joy has become a metric for living. It has become an emotional thermometer of sorts. Oh, you're not feeling well? Here, here's a dose of joy. Go dance. Go play guitar. Go sing. Go watch a ridiculous movie. Go spend time with a hilarious friend. Go, go, go. There's an urgency in my life now. And it, to some extent, that was always there, but times a million now. And so would I spend that kind of time thinking of this, reflecting on this year, if I didn't make time to celebrate my birthday, I don't know. It would probably all be running through me unconsciously, but I wouldn't collect those bits of information and have them settle and show myself some grace and some love, tell myself how proud I am for the fucking gut-wrenching shit that I have had to walk through. And so it's a goddamn miracle that any addict gets sober, let alone stays sober. It is a fucking miracle the statistics are stacked against us, let alone to have 14 years sober. So we celebrate. We celebrate with copious amounts of food. We celebrate with fruity and bubbly mocktails. We celebrate with stories and laughter and connection and tears. That's what we do. Because otherwise, why the fuck are we getting sober? What's the point? So I hope this helps you guys understand why addicts celebrate and why addicts call themselves grateful recovering addicts and alcoholics. Because when you stay in this thing long enough, you realize you have a lot to be fucking thankful for, come what may. Until next time, I hope you're celebrating something. Love you.